Criminal Fraser, you're fixed. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're good. All right, great. Hey, thank you all for coming, and uh, we're excited. I'm, and you know, we just about half the sermon this morning. Again, keep in mind it was intentional. We planned ahead to do that, and so uh, that was not a, a time deal. It was just how it worked out really well. And so tonight, um, we want to finish up this morning. And for Rusty's sake, um, you know, and, and, and wife, um, you know, let me tell you what, let me, what we're doing. We're preaching this summer through the Baptist faith and message. Now we're not hitting even close to all of it. Okay, we're not even hitting. We're not even hitting a touch. But we are hitting the articles is what we're doing. And this morning, kind of the theme that turned out to be was the king of the world. We talked about the kingdom, and we talked about the difference in an earthly kingdom and, and a heavenly kingdom. And we talked about how Jesus and God uh, are, together, the king of the world and beyond and the world and, and the universe. All of that. And because the Baptist faith and message teaches us that, that part of the sovereignty of God, the reign of God, the rule of God, um, is the fact that he is the, the general sovereign ruler of the universe and beyond. And then the second part is we want, we want to come into, and I titled this one, and we didn't get to this morning. First one was the king of the world. The second is the king of me. The king of me. And here's what the Baptist faith and message says. The kingdom of God includes his particular kingship over men who willfully acknowledge him as king. Let me read because this is kind of like, yeah, whatever. The kingdom of God includes his particular kingship over men who willfully acknowledge him as king. Particularly, the kingdom is the realm of salvation unto which men enter by trustful and childlike commitment to Jesus Christ. Okay? So tonight we want to talk about that part of the sovereignty of God. The king of me. Now, I want to back up just a little bit. We're going to like, you know, whenever I take the train to um, Chicago, they always tell us that when we pull into Chicago, that we go past it and we have to back into the station. So they tell us there's going to be two stops, maybe one stop, a safety stop, and then a regular stop, and we're going back into. So I want to back up just a little bit to this morning and talk about the kingdom entrance part just a little bit, and then we're going to delve into the other parts of the message. Now, the deal is this. Why the kingdom entrance is so important is, and, and this popped into my head this afternoon, again, this, the point is the king of me. But the problem is, and why we need an entrance to a kingdom, is because we live in, as we're naturally born, the kingdom of me. And we need a new king of me. Because every man is born separated from God. We're born sinners. We're born uh, alienated from God. And we live in the kingdom of me. It's all about me, 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 me. And we talked about this morning, and we'll talk about it just a moment again, the word repentance. That's why we need a change of mind. And by the way... You need to hear that tonight. Because often after we meet Jesus, we still want to live in the kingdom of me. I know that because I'm a pastor and I see the stuff that goes on in churches. And stuff in churches is usually caused by people who live in the kingdom of me. Because they insist that everything revolves around them and it doesn't, it revolves around him. Amen? It really does. So we've got to nail that down. So we're born in the kingdom of me, and we need to get that changed. And Jesus, again, in Mark chapter 1, that's where we're going to jump off. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 through 15. We covered this at the very end of the message, okay? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I, I just want to kind of just go over those two words that were so important this morning. But, but I love it because this is Jesus. I, I said this morning, this is the good news talking about the good news. 
This is Jesus, the good news, talking about the gospel, which is the good news. Okay, so the good news is talking about the good news. Okay, here it is, Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, that gives us that time frame, Jesus came into Galilee, it gives us a place, proclaiming the gospel or the good news of God, verse 15. And here's what he said. The time is fulfilled. In other words, the time is now. The time is now. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. And we gave that quote this morning. I happen to have it written down here, and I'll share it with you again. Jesus is the human face on, on the kingdom of God. Jesus is the human face on the kingdom of God. He makes it concretely accessible. And that was a quote by Dallas Willard. Okay, so, so it's very important. So, so the kingdom of God is at hand, and since Jesus is the f- human face on the kingdom of God, as he walked amongst the people, the kingdom of God was at hand. And here's what he said, though, that's so important. And we don't, listen, we don't hear this enough. We don't hear this enough. Repent and believe. Now listen, repentance, I, I wrote down, and I, and I believe this. It says, without repentance, there's no salvation. The, the thought and the idea that you can just, you know, get in, a, get in a crunch or maybe get a little bit of conviction going on in your life and pray some kind of little simple prayer with no commitment to Jesus and no changing of your heart, that just simply isn't biblical. That is not biblical. And so, and so you know, we, we need to hear more of repentance. And again, I told you this morning, it is a change of directions. I've taught you that for years, but it's also a change of your mind. And you have to have that because of the mindset that's important. And that mindset is, I no longer matter. If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Okay? So, so it's important, that word repentance. A change of mind, a change of direction, and believing in the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ. Believing about what God says about you and what God says about Jesus Christ. Very important. Very important. You need to go back. You need to go back um, and really make sure and examine. I'm not trying to scare anybody, by the way. Let me just say that before I say this. You know, I'm not trying to scare anybody. But if there's one thing you need to be sure on, it's your salvation experience. You just need to be sure. You need to make sure. You know, you've got to make sure that, that there was a time when you repented, when you changed directions, and when you changed your mind about you, yourself, your sin, and Jesus, and you believed you put your faith and trust in Him. Make sure you've done that. Because there's one thing about, you know, you can be wrong in different things. You get, oh, it's okay. You know, a few consequences. But this one has huge consequences. This has the consequences of eternity. And again, on your sermon sheet this morning, if you've got that tonight, this was the very last thing, and I'm going to bump it up in the sermon tonight. And I called it Kingdom Near Miss. Kingdom Near Miss. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very troubling scripture. It really should make us pause and think, okay? And this is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what Jesus says. He says, Not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, so what Jesus is saying, that there's coming a time at the judgment, okay, in this case it will be the great white throne judgment, um, where people without Christ are judged, and there are going to be people standing there, and they have, sometime in their life, they would have been a very religious person, and they would have said, Lord, 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 okay? But they will not enter the kingdom because they did it with their mouths and not their hearts. 
They did it with their mouths and not the hearts. And, and here's what Jesus says. On that day, and this is troubling, many. Many. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? In other words, these are going to be people that had some physical evidence of some kind of religion. All right? And you say, well, Dwayne, how can they cast out demons and prophesy um, and do many miracles if they weren't true believers? Have you heard of a guy named Satan? Satan has a lot of power. And he can counterfeit the miracles of God. Okay? He can counterfeit the miracles of God. Because Jesus very clearly says, Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. So it's just really important that you know tonight that you've been born again. It's really important. I mean, again, you just need to go back. I, I, I still go back to October 26th and replay what happened in my life, okay? And made sure that was the real deal. And it's because of my personal experience. I told you before I was a three-dunker. 7, 14, and 21. You know, can the kids walk the aisle when I was 7? Sound like a good idea? Walk the aisle. No change. 14, a girl gets up and gets stand up and gives her testimony. Actually, she comes forward in service. A girl that professed to be a Christian earlier and said, I'm not a Christian. Today, I won't trust Jesus Christ as Savior. I said, ooh, ooh that's me, that's me. No one prayed with me. I went forward to the altar that Sunday night. No one prayed with me. Nothing happened. Got dunked again. But when I was 21, 21, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and convicted my heart and broke my heart over my sin, at which time I was a lay worship leader in a church, okay, very involved in a church, and I met Jesus Christ on October 26, 1975, in between Sunday school and worship, okay? Got with my pastor in between that 15-minute break, you know, that famous 15-minute break, I got with my pastor in, in his day. I said, dude, if I died right now, I'm pretty certain. No, I am certain I would go to hell. And he said, well, Dwayne, you know what you need to do. We got on our, hands, on our knees and faces before God in an old rocking chair. And I asked Jesus Christ to come to my life, forgive my sins. I did turn from my sin, and I did believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and he changed me forever. Amen. He changed me forever. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. So, so again, oh, oh, by the way, what we heard in Sunday school that day, he said, well, what prompted Dwayne? What happened? It was about a deacon who was a deacon and realized he was lost. And he was driving down the road and pulled the car off and got down. I remember the preacher saying it. Got down in the old wet grass beside that highway and prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come in his heart. And I said, oh, my goodness. And it's like God said, Dwayne, this is your time. This is your other. That's why those words meant so much to me. This is Now the time is hit now. The time is now. So if tonight, if, if, if somewhere in you realizing, oh, my gosh, his testimony is my testimony then tonight is the night. Because you don't want to be a kingdom near miss. You know, if you're playing, if you're throwing hand grenades, close is good enough. Amen? If you're playing horseshoes, close is good enough. And I think you call it, if you're playing corn bag, is that where you toss the thing? What is it? Corn hole? Corn hole. Now, why would they call it cornhole? All right, never mind. Okay, so if you're playing cornhole, I know if the bag's half in, you get points. If it goes in, you get points. If it's close, you get points. You know, that's fine. Washers. If you're throwing washers, close is good enough. Close is not good enough for the kingdom of God. You're either in or you're out. You're in or you're out. There's a great scripture over Mark chapter 12. Let me just read it to you. Um, Verse 32, Mark 12, 32 so the scribe said to him, um, well said, teacher. I'm gonna, let's just back up verse number uh, 30. 
uh, he asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. And the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, of, with your, all your soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. I love that. How, how cool is that? Now listen. Now when Jesus saw that He answered wisely, He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But remember this. Not far is not there. I'm telling you. and you, you, so Maybe this is not for you tonight. But it's for someone you know. If you know someone who's not far. You've got to convince them. And let them know from the word. That, that they may be a really good person. They may be a religious person. They may be a Baptist. They may have been dunked in some water. But that is not the key to the kingdom. The key to the kingdom is faith in Jesus Christ and turning from your sin. Okay? Now, there's a new rage going on, Libby. Okay? I, I, well, I saw it at Mackey's Pizza. Cauliflower um, pizza crust. Have you all seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, we discovered this back when I was trying to be a good diabetic. And, you know, I was eating. Judy would beat these cauliflower things up. And they almost, they almost, they almost tasted like potatoes. Almost tastes like... But here's what I realized. We did that once or twice, and I realized, you know what? A little potato won't hurt me. And two, she can beat them all she wants to. They're still not potatoes. Okay? Now, I'm not trying... I'm sure, David, on your keto diet, David's, the, the diet that David follows is a keto diet, which is a low-carb diet. And, if, and for that situation, a cauliflower crust has got to be pretty stinking good. I'm just saying, I ain't on no cauliflower diet. And no matter how much you want to say cauliflower pizza crust tastes like pizza crust, it ain't pizza crust. Okay? And I'm just trying to tell you tonight, close ain't there. Close ain't there. So be sure that you're born again. All right. Yes. What's that? It's the... <laughs> All right. So... So now we're in the kingdom. We've nailed that down. We've heard the message of Jesus. And he said the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So what do you do once you know you're in the kingdom? Okay. Well, our second point tonight is kingdom seekers. Now, this is not the lost man who shows up at a church and seeking God. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about a believer. What do you do once you're saved? What's the first thing you need to do? Okay. Now, I got three questions for you. Well, statements anyway. How about that? Now, Dave, Dave, and I would understand this. Some of you would not. Judy, I'm glad she stepped out because she would not understand this. Okay? So, so Dave, Dave, and I both really like Golden Corral. Okay? We do. It's a buffet, in case you know what that is. My wife would call it a feeding trough. And um, that's <laughs> what she calls it. All right? And so Dave, 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 and I would be having this conversation if we were going to Golden Corral. We're in Big Red. You're buying Okay? All right, good deal. Did someone record that? Okay. And so we're driving along, and so I would say something like this today. Okay, what you going for first? What you going for first? Are you going to hit the salad bar first? Or are you going for the fried chicken and mashed potatoes first? What you going for? You know, you have to decide at a buffet what's priority. What's priority? Okay, number two, it's Black Friday. 
It's 4 o'clock in the morning. And you got up because there are several things that you thought would be great Christmas presents, and you want to get a good deal, okay? So you're standing with the herd of people outside the doors, and you're in your mind, you're playing the game going, where am I going first? What's the highest priority? What is going to get my... My, you know, my attention to most, I'm heading there. If I get nothing else, I want to get that, okay? You're outside of Disneyland, Disney World, okay? You're right outside the Magic Kingdom, okay? And you're fixing to go in. And you've got to decide, once you get inside, you've got to decide what are you going to do first? What's the highest priority? I want to ride this ride. I want to go to this place. I want to meet this character. You've got to decide what the priority is. It's true with buffets. It's true with Black Friday. It's true with Disney World, the Magic Kingdom. And it is true in God's kingdom. Here's what, listen, this is a verse that we quote all the time. Listen to what it says with fresh ears. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, in Kingdom Seekers, here's what Jesus said again in the Sermon on the Mount. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Greek. I'm not going to try to bluff my way through that. But I read when I studied for this message, the word seek, okay, is in the present imperative, okay, and it means simply a priority that is ongoing. Now, if you're taking notes, write that down. It's important. Seeking first the kingdom of God is not a one-time deal, okay? It's an ongoing deal. Okay, so you trust Jesus Christ as Savior. You're in the kingdom. You're, in the, you're, you're inside the magic kingdom, okay? And you're in the gate. And you're, you, what, what do I do? What, Dwayne, what's pastor? What do I do first? You seek first the kingdom of God. And you want to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm all inside the gate. Ah, but you've got to remember the kingdom of God is not a place. It's the rule of God. The rule of God. So, so what you're saying, what he's saying here is, is that the priority in your life needs to constantly seek the kingship of Jesus in your life. The rule of God. He says, seek first, okay, the rule of God. So, so you live your life, you live your life constantly saying, God, what do you want? God, what do you want? You see, subjects don't go to the king and say, this is what we want. Subjects go to the king and say, what do you want? And so we live our lives. Now listen, we live our lives with that being our priority. We're, part of the, we're in the relationship with God, and we're in the sense of the kingdom that way, okay? But now we spend our life, Jesus says, seek first, imperative, ongoing, the rule of God in your life. Now we don't do this well. We don't do this well. Because if we did it well, again, there'd be so, you know, our marriages would be better. Um, we would never have a debate about should we tithe this week or not. You know, take, take your top. Now, don't, don't get tradition mixed up in this. But you go to the Word of God, and if you find out where God speaks clearly on a certain topic, you don't have to pray about it. You just need to do it. Do the, word, do the rule of God. Do the rule of God. And Jesus says, it's not like number three on your list. It's like number five. It's not like number five on your list. Once you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you seek the kingship of Jesus in your life. If he says do it, you do it. If it don't do it, you don't do it. There's no debate. There's no argument. There's just doing. 
There's an old story, old preacher illustration story, where supposedly a monarch sent word to her, you know, her chief knight to come. And he did not respond, but in a, just a little while shows up in front of her and bows before her. And she said, why did you not respond to me? And he said, the king's orders are not to be responded to, but to be fulfilled. He came. He came. He didn't need to send, didn't need to send a message saying, I'm coming. It was expected that he would come. So seek first the rule of God in your life. You got that? Well, I heard one person say amen. The rest of y'all got it? Okay, I'm telling you, this is huge. It, it would really make your life, it would uncomplicate your spiritual walk with Jesus if we would get this down. It would really uncomplicate it, all right? So seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now, I check this, and it does mean what we think it would mean. You know, this is not the positional righteousness of Christ we gain with Christ. This is a practical righteousness, okay? So we are to live as he requires. Now, we're not bound by the rule thing. We're not, we're not going to get in bondage with the rule thing. But the bottom line is, this word means that we're to seek the rule of God and seek to live as he requires. Now, this whole wonderful book, again, this is not a book of bondage. It's a book of freedom. Now, if we could get that through our thick heads, we, again, would be happier and uncomplicate our lives. When we could think about this book as I can't, there's a rule of God saying I can't, I can't, I can't. If, if you do, I'll zap you. Okay? And understand this is a book of life. It's a book of freedom. All right? And understand that what God put in this book for us as far as practical living is for our good and His glory. Amen? It really is. So we're to seek His rule, okay, and seek to live in a way as He requires for our good and for His glory. And all these things will be provided for you. All this other stuff will be provided for you. See, we always want to worry about... And I'm not talking about necessarily material things, but the stuff of life. He says, seek my rule, live as I require, and that stuff will be taken care of. Kingdom seekers put the rule of God, number one in their life, and seek to live as he requires. Kingdom seekers. Number two, kingdom prayers. There are three of these, by the way. Kingdom prayers. Now, again, once again, in the Sermon on the Mount. How, how do you pray in the kingdom? How do you pray in the kingdom? And we talked a whole series on this, so again, this is going to be some replayed material perhaps. Keep it in mind that, you know, at one point Jesus' disciples said, teach us how to pray. Like, you know, John teaches his disciples to pray. Here he says, so, so when you pray, okay, you, you pray then like this. And I just want you, I just want to go over this so you be sure and get this. He starts out by saying, our Father in heaven. And, and really to make this really special to you, you've got to understand this was totally foreign to the Jews. You read the entire Old Testament, and besides a couple of references as a nation where God has referred to his Father, the thought of an individual man being able to call God Father was totally foreign. Couldn't even imagine it. And here comes this young Jewish, Jewish rabbi who teaches like no one else, man. Teaches like no one else. He says, now here's how you pray, our Father. Now, it's true with me and it's true with you. I'm just going to be, I'll be candid. It's true with me and it's true with you. We waltz right past this stuff. But let me say it anyway. So, he's the king of the world. And the king of the world invites us into a relationship with him and then gives us the privilege of saying, you can call me father. 
you can call me Father. In fact, as we know, Paul later said, you can call me Abba, Father, dearest Father. And we waltz right past that. Isn't it amazing to you and to me that the creator God of the universe says, call me Father? This monarch above all monarchs says, call me Father. That's incredible, folks. You got to say amen. I, I, I got to hear your response. You know, it's like when somebody gives you a new car, you go, oh, I got a new car. Well, the creator universe of the world says, call me Father. It's incredible. It's awesome. Pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed, uh, worshipful is your name. And here it is, and this is why it fits. Your kingdom come. Your, when Jesus said, when you pray, you know, when you pray, okay, your kingdom come. Two things, two things, two things. One, one is this. It's a statement of, of faith and trust in the consummation of the age. In other words, there is coming a time when he's going to make all things new and Jesus is going to reign on this earth as king. And it's a statement of faith. I believe that's going to happen. In fact, we're going to talk next week about the second coming. Jesus is coming back. So, so when we pray, your kingdom come, that's one thing. That's just one thing. Okay, we're praying, God, we believe that, that, that the consummation is going to happen and, and that your kingdom is going to come. But it's also an invitation. Your kingdom come every day in my life. Again, I don't want to go back and live in the kingdom of me. I want to live in the kingdom of you. I don't want to live in the kingdom of me. I want to live in the kingdom of you. Your kingdom come. And then, like I told you, monarchs are to be obeyed. Your will be done. In the subject. Your will be done. Not my will. Sometimes, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes, my will lines up with God's. And it's nice when that happens. But sometimes it doesn't, Libby. And he doesn't say, when you disagree me with me, you've got the right to say, my will be done. No, we are to pray always, your will be done. Hey, Donnie, even when it includes a cross... When it includes a cross. Even when it involves something of horrible cost, our prayer is still to be, your will be done. And we've been taught in Western culture when we pray, God, this is what I want. Now, would you please perform and make sure I get it? It's okay to ask for what you want. But the bottom line has to be, your will be done. That has to be the bottom line. Your will be done. On earth, as is in kingdom. I'm sorry, as is in heaven. So, so God, I want your will to be done just like it is done in heaven. I want it done in my life on earth. My life on earth. That's how kingdom people pray. That's how we pray. And lastly, there's kingdom worship. Kingdom worship. Great scripture tucked away in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. This came out of the little book I had that I was using to study for the Baptist Faith and Message series. And it's really, it's just, it's really good. Here's what, here's what the author of Hebrews says. Now, was it one, two, three, four, five, five words, five words. Fifth word is huge. Therefore, let us be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that one. Come on. How long ago? But God, he's got more than me. 
God, they asked him to be a deacon before they asked me. God, all I do is get clean bathrooms, and he gets to sing in front of people. God, he got a boat, and I didn't get a boat. Learn, therefore, let us be grateful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, you know, it's the scripture, the three verses says, we're to be joyful, we're to be prayerful, and we're to be thankful, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. God's will is that we be grateful. Now, this is what's cool. This is what's cool. Therefore, let us be grateful for, for receiving a kingdom. What kingdom? Not the kingdom of me. The kingdom of thee. Receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Isn't that good? Marsha, isn't that good? Be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, we've all seen, Ange, we've all seen kingdoms rise and fall, haven't we? This one will never fall. We're to be grateful for receiving a kingdom that will never fall. Never fall. Now, you need to know that. Because, again, in your life, in one day, five days, ten days, six years, we don't know. But out there in your future is a real earthquake. Okay, it could be something really tragic, the death of a loved one, trouble in your marriage, trouble with children, loss of a job, loss of health. There's an earthquake out there. And i got good news for you. You've got a kingdom that cannot be shaken. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good, I'm telling you. Uh, that's better than a new car, <laughs> better than a boat. We're to be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And there's a response. And Dave, this is so good. Thus, thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship. Our response, our, our, our showing of our gratitude is offering God acceptable worship. Again, whether that's in our quiet time or corporately or when you're walking in the park or whatever it is, Let's offer God acceptable worship. I thought about Romans, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 12 and verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your, King James, reasonable service, which is your acceptable worship. And one, NIV says, your spiritual worship. Okay? So, so we are to offer God a worship that's acceptable or respectable, our spiritual worship. And if, by the way, that worship largely can take place outside this building. Just like we learned in the church this morning, it's not the building, it's the people. All right? Our worship doesn't necessarily take place in corporate. But although, David, we should never squander an opportunity to corporately worship. If you're sitting there and pouting about something during worship, shame on you. You're squandering an opportunity to worship God. If you're worried about how long the sermon's going to be and if the restaurant's going to be crowded or whatever it is, you're squandering an opportunity to worship God. Don't squander opportunities to worship the king of the world. Amen? Amen? I mean, it's huge. It's just huge. Okay? Now, watch this. Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. With reverence and awe. Does that ring a bell anywhere? 
Okay, if you remember this morning, we talked about Proverbs 9, 10. Uh, in, the, in the psalm that we use, Psalm 47, it said that we're to sing a song of wisdom. And then we went to Psalm, or to Proverbs 9, 10, where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the word fear there means reverence and all. Okay, we go back to that song. When it says we're to worship God with reverence and all, it's the song of wisdom. It's a wise thing to worship God with reverence and with all. Because he's a consuming fire. And that's not a threatening term as much as he's a worthy term. You know, again, when Isaiah saw God high and lifted up and the temple was filled with the smoke and the smoke is a symbol of his holiness. His holiness. So we are to be kingdom worshipers. We enter through the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? And we're to have priorities. We're to seek first the kingdom of God. Always we should do that. Always we should do that. We should, we should be kingdom prayers, prioritizing God's will over our will. And we should be kingdom worshipers, never squandering an opportunity to worship God. Amen? Amen? Wonderful kingdom responsibilities that we as kingdom members have. All right, let's bow our heads, please. Hey, Father, thank you very much for the privilege of sharing tonight and Father, as we close with a song and a time of decision, we just want to thank you for the great day you've given us, Father. It's been exciting to talk about your kingdom. And Father, I, I'm, I have to whisper the words of Paul when he said, I've not yet arrived. This stuff is so far right now over me. Um, Father, I've not arrived. And I feel so inadequate to even teach some of this stuff because I know the shortcomings in my life. But I'm thankful, Holy Spirit, that you are there. And it never depended on me anyway. It depends on you. So I think probably tonight, Father, our prayer would be that we would surrender to you, that we would yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, because it is through you that these things happen, not through our fleshly power. So we're grateful for that. So, Father, thank you for the great day. As we sing a song of praise, if there's any decisions that we have tonight, Father, help us to be willing uh, to make any decision that you call us to.